Well, you know, we just got off a, I got off the series of ministering on the Holy Spirit, and we talked about how we want to walk with God, and, and God wants us walking with Him, not just on Sunday mornings, amen. God wants us walking with Him every day. You believe that today? And so we're, we, just don't, we don't just serve God on Sunday mornings. We serve God seven days a week. Amen. Amen. And you know what? Your church service can be every Sunday. Amen. Every, I mean, every day. And I try to spend time with God. I'm, I'm at incorporating worship in my, my time in, in the mornings. So I just want to just encourage you. Make God an everyday God for you. And we've been talking about that, that God wants to give us gifts and the Holy Spirit is a gift, but he gives us gifts to, to, to um, bless the body of Christ. Amen. We talked about the nine gifts of the Spirit. We talked about the power gifts. We talked about that God wants to move on us, that we can operate in miracles. How many people believe you can operate in miracles? Amen. As the Holy Spirit wills, of course. As God wills. Amen. But you've got to be open to it. And so God wants us operating in miracles, gifts of healings. He wants us operating in words of knowledge and wisdom and discerning of spirits. He wants us operating in prophecy and uh, diversity of tongues, interpretation of tongues. And there's nine gifts. But you know what the key is, Paul talks about these gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 and, and 14. But in 13, he talks about really one of the greatest things we need to be walking in as Christians. And we need to walk in what? Love. Can everybody do that? <laughs> we need to be walking in love. Amen. And I'm going to say this as Christians, it's easy to get out of love. Have you ever been hurt by anybody? Have you ever been betrayed? Has anybody ever taken advantage of you? So it's easy to get hurt. Have you ever felt like that God is not doing his part? OK, I'm talking today. In other words, you feel like you're doing your part. You're reading your Bible you're coming to church, you're praying, but you're not seeing the answer. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? And sometimes you almost get kind of mad at God. Can I get real with you? Do you ever get kind of irritated with the Lord at times? Feel like, God, why aren't you moving fast? You know, you're like, God, no, God's always on time. And he is moving, but you got to keep your faith in gear. And what keeps your faith in gear is love. I'm going to say that again. What keeps your faith moving and tracking, in other words, for you to see the blessings of God, not only in your life, but in, in your family's life, is that we got to be what? Rooted and grounded in what? Love. Somebody say love. Amen. So we're talking about the power of love. And so we, 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 I've talked about love before, but you know what? I'm not perfected in love yet. I think we could preach. I could preach on love like every Sunday because I, how many people are still getting a little hurt out here every once in a while? If you're getting hurt, you're getting a little offended. If you get offended, you can turn into a root of bitterness and that root of bitterness can defile many and it turns into unforgiveness. It turns into hate. And you know what hate turns into? Murder. And if you've got murder work, what, what does that mean? It means that when you get so upset with somebody and you get to a point in your life where you want them dead? Have you ever said that? I just wish that person would just die. Or, 
Have you ever been at that point? That's murder working in your heart. Oh, it's quiet in this Methodist church today. <laughs> Amen. Don't ever want the pastor dead. Okay, I won't go there. But let's go here. Let's look at John 13, 34 and 35. And now, now you, know, you got to think about Jesus. Jesus came in on the scene ministering the love of God. You know, Jesus is grace personified. I mean, Jesus went, went around healing all and doing good. So Jesus was doing something a little different than the Pharisees. And the Pharisees were, they were preaching the law and they were preaching, they were more, you know, preaching the law and being legalistic, but they weren't keeping the, the, the rules themselves. But Jesus was, was preaching a new type of gospel. It's called the gospel of love. We are in a new covenant. The old covenant is based on the Ten Commandments. It's based on keeping the rules. And that's good. We need, we need to obey God. But the new covenant is based on love. Amen. It's, it's actually falling in love with God was falling in love with God so much you don't want to hurt God. And falling in love with people so much you don't want to hurt people. If I'm talking to anybody today, we got and you got to love yourself, too, because if you don't, then your neighbor's in trouble. Are you here? If you don't like yourself, then you're not going to like people. Amen. So you're going to have to have a healthy love for yourself as well. You're not, the Bible says don't think so highly of yourself. In other words, we don't look down on people. But you need to realize that God did not make junk when he made you. In other words, you're a masterpiece. You're one of a kind. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You're, you're special. <laughs> Amen. And so look at this. A new commandment. So Jesus is walking with his disciples and this is at the end of his ministry. And he finally unloads this on his disciples at the end of his ministry because he's walking with them, teaching them how to walk in love. And he says to his disciples in John 13, 34 and 35, a new commandment I give to you that you loathe. I mean, that you love one another. Do you know what the word loathe means? means that you don't like that other person. That you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is a powerful statement that Jesus made because he's saying that the world will know that we are followers of Jesus by one way, that we love one another. In other words, when people come into Exceed Life Church, they should see us loving on each other. Amen. Amen. In other words, spouses, husbands, wives sit next to each other. Okay. Uh. <laughs> Hello. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sit. Okay, you guys are sitting next to each other. Okay. And. Uh, and, you know, we've had people get so mad at church with somebody in the church that they didn't even want to come to church on Sunday morning because they were mad at somebody in the church. They just didn't want to see them. Come on. That's, that's like hate boiling up in your heart, wishing that person was dead. You know how, how, how you start that, that hate works? It's because you don't want to see that person so that they become dead to you. You just try to avoid the person at all costs. Have you ever been there? Have you ever tried just to avoid that person? 
you go silent, you go dark, you don't talk to them. Amen? They don't exist anymore. No, man, you got to walk in love. Look at your neighbor and say, walk in love. So he says, a new commandment I give you is to love one another as I have loved you. See, see, Jesus is the greatest pattern. So we got to see how Jesus loved them. And Jesus loved them to the point of laying down his life for them. He said, there's no greater love than for one to lay down his life for his friends. So Jesus, I call Jesus. You ready for this? Now, I didn't get this from any other preacher. It must be the Holy Spirit. He's the lay down man. What do I mean by the lay down man? He laid it all down. Somebody, you, some of you might need to be called. The, you may need to start calling yourself the lay down man. I'm the lay down man. What do I mean? I lay it down for others. I lay it down for God. I'm, I'm laying it down. And Jesus is the ultimate lay down man. He laid it down. What did he lay down? His glory in heaven. He laid down all his glory that he had with the Father in heaven. He laid it all down, stripped himself, became like a natural man, allowed the Holy Spirit to be upon him and work through him to do miracles and show us that we could do the same thing. He's the lay down man. And the more you lay down for God, the more God's going to lay down for you. In other words, the more you lay down your life, the greater his life will be be expressed through you. You believe that today? And I want God to be expressed through my life. I don't want to just give God 50% of my life. I don't want to give God 20. I want to give God 100%. Do we have any 100%ers out here this morning? Gloria, no matter what it looks like. No matter if your prayers are being answered. No, you're, you're the lay down people. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And then we know the greatest commandment is in Matthew 22, 36 through 37. And it says here, this is a person uh, that's asking Jesus a question. He says, teacher, which is the great commandment in law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with some of your heart, with part of your soul. And with a little bit of your mind. It doesn't say that, does it? It says here that we want to love the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. And then he said, the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang the law of the prophets. So we know that this is the key. That, that our, our love to God is in direct correlation to our love to others. Amen. In matter of fact, uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, writing in Galatians, he says that to do the entire law is to love your neighbor as yourself. So, so how we treat other people, in, in, in a sense, is how we treat God. So if you love other people, you, you, and you're loving on them, and you're walking in forgiveness and mercy and loving them, you're loving God. And if you're hating on people, then you can, you're sort of hating on God a little bit. Are are you all right with this this morning? Okay, you're just quiet in here. So anyway, we got to love. God's been teaching me about that. He's been teaching me that, you know, um, I'm pretty good at loving you guys because you're here. You, you know, you, you support the ministry. You're wonderful. It, you know, it's easier to love people 
that, that um, you're in relationship with that, that do good for you or that, that bless you. It's easy to love people that bless you, isn't it? But how about people that don't bless you? How about the people that are mean? How about the people that, that you could, you know, that you don't have any relationship with? Can you bless them? So I've been in a love relationship with God and I'm kind of going off my message here, but the Lord's been revealing to me to walk in love out there in the highways and byways. And, um, and so I've been doing something. I've been watching Todd White, and he's a minister that walks in love. And he does outrageous things to bless people, and he prays for people out in the marketplace. And um, he pays for people's groceries at times. You just do that. And I said, I'm going to pull Todd White. I'm going to pay for somebody's groceries or do something nice. And last Sunday, I was at the at Food Lion, and um, I was getting some water and, um, for, the, for, for this place. It was right before the service. And there was a guy that was paying for groceries. And I said, I'm going to pull Todd White. I'm going to pay. Todd White's a minister. He's on YouTube. Check him out. I'm going to pay for this guy's groceries. So, you know, I'm, I'm going outside of not just walking in love towards you guys. Now I'm walking in love towards the world. How are we going to change the world? You got to start walking in love. And so what I did was I went ahead and pulled Todd White. I got my credit card and gone. Sliced it. You know, he was trying to put his card in. I said, no, you can't use that. And I put my card in there because I was right next to it. And I paid for it. And the guy looked at me and he said, wow. He, he got choked up. He said, I only had $20 for the week. And, and he got real choked up. And he said, I'm going through a hard time. And I said, well, you know, God wanted me to do this and bless you. And let me pray for you. He had a family. He only had $20 to last until Friday. I didn't know. You know, I'm just pulling a Todd White. You know what I'm talking about? I just, and, and then I prayed for him. He started choking up, you know, and I, didn't, you know, I didn't have a church card with me or anything like that. I didn't like come to my church now. I just, God loves you. Just, you know, and all that. And I pray for him. And the cash treasure lady right there says, will you pray for me too? <laughs> and I'm like, this love thing works. You know, and I'm like, sure. She has somebody come in line. I, she's like, will you pray for me too? You know? I said, sure. And I prayed for her. Man. Somebody say the lay down life. Living the lay down life. And when you start living a lay down life, which means you're not just thinking about yourself anymore. You're not just thinking about how you're going to make it. You're not thinking about that. See, you're not thinking about that. No, you're thinking on how to bless others. Oh, you listen to what I'm talking about. And what happens is your life becomes a tapestry of beautiful moments. Of what I call heavenly moments. And when I walked out that store after praying for her, that guy was out there in his car. He, he had his window down and he just waved to me like I was something special. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Isn't God awesome? Isn't God awesome? And then God paid it back. How did, how did he pay back? Uh, he paid it back. I had these boots that I buy. Anybody ever shop at DSW? And I had these boots that were worn out that I've had for two years. I just felt that. I said, and they were kind of falling apart. So I said, do you guys have any warranties on the boots? And she said, man, they look like you've been wearing them for a long time. And they had the, those same boots there running 130 bucks on sale for 99 and I said, no. She said, no, you've been wearing too long. And then, I, and then she said, well, I said, can you at least check, I, I, you know, because they do points and all that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So they checked my card and they didn't have my, my boots on there. I remembered when I bought the boots, somebody gave me their, um, 
uh, their email and you get points. And it, it, my boots went on their email. It was a customer that I was able to get the discount on the boots. You know what I'm talking about. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. Uh, any shoppers out here? Okay. And, um, and I told the lady, she said, you know what I'm going to do? I said, what's that? I'm just going to let you exchange these boots free. You're going to have brand new boots today. And I thought, wow, God works fast. I, I gave $20 and got a $100 pair of boots in one week. Come on. Come on. Is God good? And I just said to her, I was on the receiving. I thank you so much. I'm going to tell everybody I know that DSW over at Greenbrier, shop there. <laughs> so she has a plug and I told her I would do that. But anyway. So I got these $130 boots, traded my beat up boots, and they look good on me. I make them look good. But anyway, uh, amen. This is all right today. Amen. And so what we want to do is we want to love God. Because some of us are really good at loving God. We think we are until we, until we encounter people and we don't love people. We're not really that good at loving God if you're not good at loving people. Amen. So here, I love this because, see, we have the power. There's a divine power that's actually downloaded in us when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And there's a, a power. There's the, 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 the power of love is actually downloaded into us when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And that love, it, it, it will enable us to walk through the hardest places in our lives. And so this love, in Romans 5, 5, Paul says, The hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So it's the love of God, not the love of man. Because the love of God is greater than the love of man. Because the love of man will run dry. But the love of God will never run dry. Do you believe that? And so we have you. you listen, we have love in us, but you have to practice love. Can I say that again? You have to practice the word. James says if you're just a hearer of the word, but not a doer, you're a man that deceives himself. See, there's a lot of hearers of the word, but are we putting it into practice? Are we becoming doers of the word? Hello. And James says those that are not just hearers, but are doers, that person is blessed. In other words, you will see the blessings start rolling in. And so when, when, when Paul was ministering on the gifts of the Spirit and operating in these supernatural gifts to build the body and to build the kingdom of God. He, he says in, in Corinthians 13, he talks about, if, relating to the gifts, he says, if I speak with tongues of men and of angels, 1 Corinthians 13, 1, working our way down, and I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I become a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. So in other words, you can have the gift of speaking in tongues, but if you're doing it in a way to show off like you're something special, that you're trying to let everybody know you're the most spiritual guy in the place, it's going to be a lot of noise. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying today? In other words, you're trying to bring attention to yourself. No, you're, 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 it's more motivated out of pride. Hello. Am I talking to anybody today? Or it says here, um, you're, you become a noisy gong and cleansing. If you have the gift of prophecy and all mysteries and knowledge, and if you have faith as a room of mountains, but do not have love, you are nothing. So he's saying that you have the prophecies, mysteries, you can do some things, you can move mountains. But, but if love is not the motivational force behind why you do things, then really it will count for nothing in heaven. In other words, God's looking at us and he wants to reward us for the good deeds that we do as long as it's motivated out of love and not pride. Have you ever heard of dead works? (laughs) Dead works are works that we do motivated out of trying to either get God to do something or or to to make God feel good. about You know, God already feels good about you. You know, God loves you. You know, you're already accepted in the beloved. You don't have to go out witnessing for God to love you. He loves you just because he created you and you're one of a kind and a masterpiece. Amen. He loves you with an everlasting love. But but as we walk in love and we start doing you start walking in a relationship with God like Jesus and you start realizing who you are and you do it out of love. All our motivations have to be motivated out of love. Amen. You always have to check your heart attitude. And he says, if I give my possessions to feed the poor and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. So so he's saying that you can be martyred. And if if there's no love behind it, if it's you're being martyred because you're angry and you're mad and all that and you're trying to prove a point. Hello. In other words, we walk in love. All the saints that were martyred for, for the Lord, they, they were martyred. They, they, the people martyred them, but they walked in love. They were singing to their deaths. They were in love. And I'm telling you, they, had a, and they, will, they will have a glorious resurrection. How many people want to be a martyr out here? Okay. How many people want a glorious resurrection? Okay. Amen. Some of you might say, well, I'm married to my spouse. I am a martyr. Don't go there. Don't even... Don't even go there, all right? I don't want to hear that. <laughs> Amen. I want to say this. Your spouse is a gift from God. Amen. And, 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 and respect the gift that God has given you. Glory to God. Honor the gift. Glory to God. So here, so there is a, what we call agape love. And this love is the God kind of love. And it's a pretty tall order to walk in the agape kind of love. And, and the Apostle Paul defines it, and it's defined in, in, in about 14 stanzas here. And it says here, and let me just go with the Amplified. If you want to walk in the love of God, take the Amplified, verse 4 through 8, especially if you're married and you're going through any issues, and start reading that with your spouse every day, amen? And uh, read the love chapter, and, and pretty soon you'll be walking it out. Amen. In other words, you've got to put something in you in your mind and let it sink down into your heart. If you change the way you think, you'll change the way you speak and you'll change your whole life. Amen. It all starts in how we think about things. So here in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, Amplified, it says love endures with patience and serenity. So love endures 
with patience and serenity. If, how many people want to walk in more peace out here? Amen. You, got, you, can't get in, you can't get into anger. Amen. You can't get upset about every little thing. If you get upset about every little thing, you're not going to walk in peace. So love is patient. Amen. Uh, that's one I'm working on. Love is patient and kind. Amen. It says your love is kind and thoughtful. Number two, love is kind and thoughtful. In other words, love thinks about others more than it thinks about itself. Love thinks about how you can bless somebody else over you receiving. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Love is not jealous or envious. Because, see, that's what the enemy will try to do is to get us to look at other people and what they have. And, and, and maybe they might have some things more than you, but they, they want you, they, 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 you know, what the enemy wants to do is the enemy of your soul wants you to look at what people have and get jealous of people. Amen. You can have what they have. You can have more than what people have, what other people have. Just believe, have faith. You may not like your, your, the car that you're driving right now. You, you know, then just get Cadillac faith. Amen. It, just increase your faith. Just believe. God's not withholding any good thing for those who walk uprightly before him. And just because somebody has a house or something like that, God's not withholding that from you either. Just believe. Amen. And you will get your blessing. Amen. Just continually, don't get jealous. Celebrate people's victories. Don't down them. Amen. And then love does not brag, is not proud or arrogant. The good way of doing this is always give God the credit when something good happens in your life. So you won't be bragging about how great you are. In other words, say, oh, God, it's God. You got a great house? God. You got a great car? God. You got a great spouse? God. You start putting, are you listening to what I'm saying today? Not, not I. I did it this way. And I did it that way. And I got it this way. And this is how I get it done. No, God. And that keeps the pride out. Because, you know, pride, when we walk in pride, the Bible actually says God will oppose us. I don't want to be opposed by God. That's how the devil gets God opposing you. It's bad enough that the devil's opposing you. But to get God opposing you, that's like, that's, you're, in a, you're in a world of hurts. You don't want God opposing you, right? You say, no, God loves you. Yeah, but if you're walking in pride and you're coming, and you're coming against people and you're... God will oppose some things in your life. Like what? Your prayers might not be answered. Where's that at? The Bible says you don't love your spouse. Husbands, you don't love your wife. It can hinder your prayers. It opposes. God may oppose your prayers from being answered. Hello. Amen. Is this good? This morning, I'm not being too hard on you, am I? Love does not brag. It's not arrogant. Okay. Love is not rude. So we need to be very careful. We're not rude. Amen. And uh, please and thank you and excuse me are great words for not being rude. Please, thank you, and excuse me. Please, thank you, and excuse me. Amen? And, uh, and, and love is not self-seeking. It's not provoked. I like to say easily provoked. Not easily angered. Amen? Oh, man, it's easy to get angered. Amen? You ever just get anger, angry with, with inanimate objects? <laughs> That don't work. 
your computer's not turning on. Yeah, plastic computer, you know. Have you ever get mad at your car? Or do you ever just cuss out your car? Or don't cuss those things out. No, God gives us all things. To enjoy. Anybody ever cuss any inanimate objects, you know? It's okay. It's not people. It's, it's, no, because you're cursing that thing. That thing will fall apart. You better, you better love your car. You better love, the, you know, not, not love in the way of that you worship it, but you better love that, you know, you better just respect it, glory to God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So don't curse your things. Love does not take account of, uh, of a wrong endured or suffered. So this is one that will, will, will get us into a place of unforgiveness if we're allowing the enemy to get us thinking about what bad things that people have done to us and we don't want to keep thinking about those things. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things without weakening. And love never fails. It never fades nor ends. But for the prophecies, they will pass away. For tongues, they will cease. As for the gift of special knowledge, it will all pass away. Now, this is interesting about love. In 1 Corinthians 13, 13, love is the most powerful force that, that if you, you can call love a force. Actually, love, God is love. So, so love is a person, which is God. God is love. He doesn't have love. God is love. But if you want to see it as a, a force... It's the most powerful force in the universe. Love is greater than hate. Hate can be a force, but love's greater than hate. Amen. Love is the most. And I love this. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now abide faith, hope, and love. These three. But the greatest of these is love. So we see that you can say that these are three spiritual forces. You have a, 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 a force of faith, hope, and love. I hope I'm preaching it right. I don't know if force is the right word, but work with me here. And so faith, hope, and love say these are three most dominant forces uh, in the universe. And love is the greatest. And why is that? The reason why faith is a great, you know, you can't please God without faith. God created everything by faith. He spoke the worlds into existence by faith. Faith gets the job done. But faith cannot work independently by itself. I'm going to say it again. Faith in itself has to be connected with two components or two other forces to make it work. One force, it has to be connected with love. For faith to really operate, I'm talking about the God kind of faith. Love has to be in faith. Because it says here in Galatians, it says that in Galatians 5, 6, it says that, that, that... I'm doing the Amplified. For, for if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. Do you like that? I like that. Faith activated, energized and expressed and working through love. So faith is, uh, the Lord gave me this one time, the engine behind our faith, the power source of our faith is love. But, again, faith cannot operate also without hope. So you got to have hope. And what is hope? See, for us to really walk in faith in God, to please God, we must believe that God is and he's a reward of those who diligently seek him. But for you to walk in faith, you have to have great hope. Hope is an earnest expectation that God's going to do something good in your life. That God's going to do something good on this planet. That God's going to do something good. 
you got to believe that God is for you. And when you believe without a shadow of doubt that God, no matter what you've done in your life, no matter how bad you messed up, God loves you anyway, and he's going to bring you back to the place that he wants you to be. You believe that today? you got to believe and be rooted and grounded in God's love, especially when you're in the storms of life. (coughs) Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Man, I was praying all this week that I'd be able to preach this message. My voice is not 100%. The devil thought he could knock my voice box out. But he was sadly mistaken, glory to God, because I have faith. And hopefully I have you guys praying for me. Amen. Amen. Glory to God, because I need all the prayer I can get. And so, so the key. Now, when I'm thinking about love and it's activated by faith and hope, and we got to get a revelation that God loves us so much. So when I'm, I'm thinking about what is the greatest aspect of love? Have you guys ever thought about that? What is the greatest aspect of God's love? What is or the component out of love? And you could say giving. That would be a, one of the greatest. Maybe that's God's. The, maybe we can define God as the greatest giver in the universe because he gave Jesus. Right. Would you say that God is the greatest giver of all time? He is. And that is a component of love is giving. But I believe there's more in the Bible that talks about a characteristic of God that most people don't even think about. When you think about who God is, what is God like? What 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 kind of God do we serve? What is he like? You know, the most dominant feature as I study the word that God is the father of mercies. The most dominant feature and characteristic of God's love is mercy. Some would say grace, but I would say mercy. Mercy is you not getting something you deserve, which is judgment. And grace is getting something you don't deserve, which is the blessing. You don't work for it. So grace and, and mercy are two different components here. But, but mercy is what we need. We come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy. Ooh, in other words, we may have done a lot of dumb things. But God won't put that charge against us when he gives us mercy. Oh, man, are you listening to what I'm talking about today? You're going to mess up your entire life. But you come to God and he's wiping it clean. Mercy. In other words, not guilty. You're an innocent man. Hallelujah. And so we got to understand that, that the blood of Jesus makes us innocent. It's the mercy of God. It's called the mercy seat of God. The blood is sprinkled on the mercy seat. Amen. And so we look at Exodus and we look at Exodus 34, 6 and 7. Man, time flies, doesn't it? As the Lord passed before him, this is Moses. And I've talked about this before, but Moses had a wonderful relationship with God. And he's he's on the mountain. He already the children of Israel already, uh, you know, Aaron made a calf out of gold and they were worshiping the calf. while Moses was up on the mountain doing the Ten Commandments. You guys remember that? And then, then when Moses came down, he said, what happened, Aaron? Aaron said, I don't know. I just put some gold in the fire and the, the calf just popped out. <laughs> don't know how it was made, you know. He was, he was pressured by the people. 
Aaron was pressured by the people. But uh, I believe his heart was to do right, but he was pressured by the people. But Moses, of course, broke the Ten Commandments, and he had to go back up on the mountain, right? And so he's up on the mountain, and he's talking to God, and God's going to pass his goodness by, by Moses. He says, I want to see your glory. And so and God said, I'm going to reveal to you my glory. And so God t- reveals to, to Moses who he is. In Exodus 34, 6 and 7. And he says, And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful. Notice that. The first thing he is, merciful and gracious. Merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions, uh, and transgression and sin. And then he says, By no means clearing the guilty. So, he says here that, that he is a God merciful, gracious, patient, and abounding. Long-suffering is patient and abounding in goodness. This is the God that we serve. And guess what? If you understand that God is merciful and gracious and patient and good, and you start seeing him like that, you will become a reflection of your heavenly father and you will become merciful and you will become uh, uh, gracious and you, oh, you, you will become a reflection of who he is. That's when the Bible says when we see him, we'll be just like him. We don't want to be a reflection of the other guy. You know who the other guy is? The one that got thrown out of heaven. The other guy. We don't want to act like the other guy. We don't want to be rude and, and disrespectful and, and treat people like dirt. That's what the other guy does. We don't act like the other guy. Amen. We don't want to be a reflection of the devil. We want to be the reflection of God. In Psalms, amen, in Deuteronomy 7, 9, it says the same thing. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is a God that is faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy. Notice that, keeps covenant and mercy. Man, you guys are learning something today. Yeah, okay, I am. But anyway, he keeps mercy for a thousand generations. Those who love him keep his commandments. See, this is key here. You, you know, he, he's merciful not only to those that, are un, that doesn't love him, and we're going to talk about that, but he's really merciful to those that do love him. How many people love God out here? How many people love Jesus out here? And then it says here in Psalms 25.10, all the paths of the Lord are mercy. Psalms 25.10, all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. Psalms 86.15, but you, O Lord, are are full of compassion, gracious, long-suffering, long-suffering and abundant. Notice this again, abundant in mercy and truth. So we serve a God. We serve the Father. As it says in Hebrews, he's the Father of mercies. The Lord is gracious, full of compassion. Uh, Psalms 145, 8 9. The Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, great in mercy. The, good, the Lord is good to all. And his, there we go. His tender mercies are over all 
His word. There's the word mercy again. You know his tender mercies are over all of you today. His tender mercies are over your kids that might not be doing right. You just keep praying. Thank you, God. My, your tender mercies are over my child today. Your tender mercies are over me today. Making me into the person that you've called me to be. Tender mercies. Hallelujah. I love this. In Lamentations 3.22, it says the Lord, it says through, uh, Lamentations 3.22-23. This is Jer- Jeremiah actually wrote the book of Lamentations. And this is when the Israelites were in captivity, I believe to, uh, to the Babylonians. And so they were in captivity. But, but he was writing, it, it, Lamentations means lamenting. And uh, it says, through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because of his compassion fell not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Look at that again. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because of his compassion fails not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And I love this because this is wonderful about, I love this scripture, because his mercies are renewed every morning. In other words, you may have had a bad day yesterday. But thank God, weeping may endure in the night. But guess what? His mercies and joy comes in the morning. Are you listening? Every day can be the first day of the rest of your life in God. You got to let it go. Let go of the yesterday. Let go of the things that you encounter. Let go of the hurts. Let go of those things and embrace a new day. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Shh, glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're looking at this. and Now, I love this because as children of God, we're merciful people. Say, I'm a merciful person. That means that you have the power to exact judgment, but you don't. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? In other words, you you allow mercy to be stronger than judgment in your life. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Now, you know, James says mercy triumphs over judgment. Think about that. Mercy triumphs over judgment. In other words, God would rather give you mercy than judge you. God would rather give you his mercy than him to judge you for your wrongdoings. God wants to lavish you with his mercy and his love and his his peace and his joy on your life. You believe that today? Now, John 3, 16 and 17 is wonderful. This is the pillar scripture. It's the golden text of salvation, I believe, of the Bible. And I love this because most people only quote 316. But seven, <coughs> but verse 17 is connected to this. And it goes all together. I, I love 16 and 17 because this is how we need to approach people that's outside the church that don't know God. Amen? It says here, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish... <coughs> But have everlasting life. So it says here that for God so loved the world, God loves people of the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the plan of God for every person on this planet is to have everlasting life. 
is to have abundant life. That's his plan. That's his will for every person on this planet. I believe that. But it says here, I love this, for God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. So listen, when we're ministering and witnessing to people, we're not supposed to get them in a point where we're trying to condemn them. We're trying to get them to a place that God has already paid for their sins and bring them up closer to God. So we don't bring condemnation on people. No, no, we bring a revelation of God's love that their sins are already paid for. And all they have to do is receive the mercy of God. And they don't have to they don't have to receive judgment of hell, but they can receive mercy and the grace of heaven. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Woo! I'm I'm telling you, I'm preaching myself happy today. Because, you know, the more I talk about how good God is and how loving God is, especially when I'm in the storm, it helps me to shake off the doubt and the unbelief that tries to cling on to me at times. You got to believe that you're that even though you may be in the valley, that you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You got to keep believing. Regardless of what you're going through, regardless of what it looks like, regardless of how you feel, you got to believe you're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I'm telling you, after this sermon, if you got to turn on a country song when you get out of here, I'm in trouble or you're in trouble <laughs> to get up. Okay, can I get the amplified here? Okay. The amplified. You know, I could preach for another, another solid hour. I got so many notes here. But I'm going to get done. I have to continue this. But John 3, 16 and 17 says, For God so greatly, this is amplified, For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave his one and only begotten son so that whoever believes and trusts in him as Savior shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son in the world to judge and condemn the world. That is to initiate a final judgment of the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Ooh, man, that's awesome. In other words, right now we are in the age of mercy and the age of God's grace. And right now this, this earth is not, not hell it should not be uh, hell on earth. Amen. No, it's a little hell, a little heaven on earth. Amen. God reveals his goodness. And sometimes we go through some bad things, but we realize that there's a better place for us in the future. And I love this because the character of Jesus is what we're supposed to be. You know, if we're going to walk in the mercy, I'm talking about love today, walking in God's love. If we're going to walk in the mercy of God, we got to be like Jesus. And what was Jesus like? If God is merciful and compassionate, full of loving kindness and tender mercies, if that is what our Heavenly Father is like, He's the Father of mercies, what is Jesus like? Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30 says it this way. Come to me, all you who are labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my, and my burdens are light. So He says here, that, uh, that learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. So Jesus is gentle and lowly in heart. I love what it says in the New American Standard, uh, the uh, Revised Edition, says here, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek 
and humble of heart. So what is Jesus like? He's meek and he's humble. He's meek and he's humble. And what are you like? You're meek and you're humble. And meekness is not weakness. It's strength under control. Jesus could have called 10,000 angels when they were trying to take him to, to go get crucified. He could have called a legion of angels if he wanted to. He could have did that. He could have, he could have called 10,000. He could have called a legion, which is about 6,000. The song says, he could have called 10,000 angels. I don't know the rest of it. But um, <laughs> he, he could have done that. But he didn't. He was meek. He, when they said, who are you looking for? And Jesus, and, and, uh, they said, we're looking for Jesus. And he says, I am. And they all fall back and hit the ground. And they all stumbled and they hit the ground because he just says, I am. And then they get back up, wobbling like, oh my, what happened? Who you seek? And then he just, he's, uh, you know, Jesus. He said, take me, but don't take the rest. But he, powerful. Amen. Powerful. Jesus is powerful. The name of Jesus is powerful, but he's meek. He's humble. Remember on uh, Palm Sunday, you know, he rode in on a stallion, you know, on Palm Sunday, showing everybody how great he was. No, he didn't ride in on a stallion on Palm Sunday. Yeah, it couldn't be a steed, a white horse rode in. Oh, no, he had his That's right. His disciples were carrying him. Right. Uh, on a chair. And no, his disciples didn't carry him in. Right. No, he rode in on a donkey. He rode in on a donkey. talking about the humility. See, listen, listen, the, the, the devil, his his king attribute is pride. The devil is prideful, but Jesus is humble and humility is greater than pride. Are you listening? A humble person seeks God. A humble person walks with God. A prideful person walks with himself. A prideful person thinks that they have the power in their own ability to live this life. A humble person needs God for everything. How many humble people? I need God to help me get dressed in the morning. I need God in everything that I do. I need God to help me preach this message. I need God to help me give me a singing voice. So I can sing to you guys a little bit more. Okay. Amen. To where we're at. So what? So, so it says here in Zechariah 9, 9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. This is amplified. Shout out loud, daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king comes to you. He is uncompromisingly, just as having salvation, trump, triumphant, victorious, patient, meek, lowly, and riding on a donkey. A cult of a fowl of a donkey. This is in Zechariah 9.9. It's also written in Matthew 21.5 and John 12.14 and 15. So, so this was a prophecy about the king and he came in on a donkey. What is that saying? That's saying if you're going to walk in the love of God, if you're going to walk in the agape love of God, you've got to get humble. You've got to walk in humility. You've got you to you realize that, 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 that God is God and you're not. We got to get a revelation of that. I love it in Hebrews in 2.17. It says, therefore, in all things, he had been made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in all things pertaining to God to make pro- pro- 
propitiation for the sins of the people. What is he saying here? He's saying that, that Jesus, what is Jesus called? A title for Jesus. He's our merciful and faithful. Notice the word merciful again. Merciful and faithful high priest. Woo! Now Jesus is merciful. The Father is God of Father of mercies. Jesus is merciful. What am I trying to drill into you this morning? I'm trying to get you a revelation that when we start walking in the mercies of God, we're walking in the love of God, we're, where we can exact some sort of punishment. We hold back. We seek God. Find out what God wants us to do and move forward. Now, judgment will come at times. And judgment is good at times because we need to be corrected. But if God's going to judge me, say, say God's like my, he's my heavenly father and, and he could give me 10, you know, you know, um, spankings, uh, like 10 spanks, right? Anybody ever been spanked in here? Paddled? Anybody? Let's say paddled. Say, say you have 10 paddles coming to you because you did wrong. I, I don't want 10. I want like one paddle. Maybe two. Maybe three paddles. But God, don't give me all 10. Don't give me 10 paddles. In other words, God's mercy may lessen the degree of punishment. Or, are you listening? Are you, I want less punishment and more grace. I'm not talking to anybody today. Boy, it's, it's, it's quiet in this, this church today. Amen? So we're, we're talking about here. And so we see here, uh, let's talk about God's patience. In Romans 2, 4, it says, Do not despise the riches. <clears throat> and the goodness and the forbearance uh, and long suffering, knowing that the goodness, I love this, the goodness of God leads you to repentance. Look at this. See, see, it's not the judgment of God that will cause people to repent. It's the goodness of God that will God cause people to repent. And he's saying here, do not despise the riches of God's goodness, forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. What he's saying here is God is allowing time and he's not exacting punishment. Or he's not going to judge you. He's trying to hold off judgment so that you can judge yourself. So you can judge yourself. If you don't want to be judged, you judge yourself. Get yourself right. And then you won't be judged by God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? That's another scripture. I won't go into that. If you judge yourself, you won't be judged. In other words, if you know you're in the wrong, drop on your knees and ask, beg God for forgiveness. If you know you've done some wrong things, you haven't lived right, then you don't need it. You just drop on your knees and say, God, forgive me. I need your mercy. Make me into the person you want me to be. I don't want judgment. I want your mercy. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Amen. In Romans 5, 8 and 10. Gosh, I could get through this. But God demonstrated his own love towards us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having not been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. What does that mean? Look, listen to what I'm saying here. Look what the Apostle Paul is saying. He says, but God demonstrated his own love towards us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So that tells us, that's telling me that while we were still doing the wrong things, in a sense, we're enemies of God when we're not walking with God and we're, we're actually walking against him. But Jesus died for us anyway while we were still enemies of the cross. Think about that. 
Then he says, much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved. What are we going to be saved from? From the wrath through him. So what what is he saying here? He's saying that God's blood will justify us. There's going to be wrath poured out on people because they didn't humble themselves and get right with God. They wanted their own way. Cain, for instance. Can Can we talk about Cain for a second? Cain, which, you know, I'm not a big predestination guy. I don't believe God predestines people to go to hell. Predestines, I believe everybody's predestined to go to heaven. But people make their choices. Choose this day who you serve. And Cain was not predestined to be a hell boy. Can I say that again? I know that that's a movie, Hell Boy, right? Hell Boy. Cain, listen, Cain was not predestined. Disposed to be a hellboy. He was not be, he was not predisposed be, to be a child of the devil, but he made himself a child of the devil himself. Why you say that? Because when Cain was upset because he didn't receive the blessing from his offering, and Abel got the blessing, God, you know, I believe fire came down, laughed up Abel's offering, showed that God was pleased, and nothing but crickets on Cain's offering. And Cain was upset because Abel's offering was blessed and his wasn't. And, and Cain was so upset that, that he was jealous of his brother and jealously turned into anger. Anger turned into, uh, you know, bitterness. And that turned into hatred and that turned into murder. And of course, we know Cain murdered Abel. But God went to Cain and said, Cain, you can overcome this. So God was warning Cain not to go that route. In other words, God was saying to Cain, Cain, you can be just like your brother Abel. And he warned Cain, don't go that route. Sin is crouching at your door and it wants to have you, but you can overcome this sin. So Cain was not predisposed and becoming a hell boy. Cain allowed his anger to keep going. He didn't want to listen to God. He wanted to push away God's words. He wanted to push away God's leading. And he wanted to do it himself. And he wanted to kill Abel so he can get all the glory. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? But Cain could have been just like Abel. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So I don't believe in that predestination based on that story right there because God warned Cain and tried to get Cain on the right track. And God will always warn us to try to get us back on the right track. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And God will talk to us and warn us and talk to us and warn us and talk to us. And we keep pushing God away, keep pushing God away, keep pushing. And there might be a a time that God may not warn us anymore. And you don't want that. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You want God's mercy. If you're in church today and you were even led to come here, it's because God's mercy drew you in this morning. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It's only because of God's mercy. Repentance is a gift from God. Repentance is when you're in deception and you're in pride and you think you got it all together and you don't think you need God. And the gift of repentance is God waking you up and showing you that you need him. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Uh, I'm going to have to close this down. I have a lot more that I wanted to preach today. Wow. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. But I think your cup is full. Oh, man. It was a great message. About a two-hour one. (laughs) You're saying, well, it's pretty good right now. I'm good, Pastor. Listen. Listen. You're going to have to walk in the mercy and the love of God. And, you know, God's mercy... 
is so awesome. We got to make sure that we're not harboring ill will, bitterness. Let me just recap it real quick. I'm just going to see if I can get this done in a couple minutes. That listen, there's there's two stories. Peter said to Jesus, "How many times should I forgive my brother?" Remember that? And Jesus said, "He said seven times." And Jesus said, "No, seven times seventy. So he said seven times seventy, four hundred nine times in a day. And so. Peter said, give us more faith, you know, to forgive. But, or the disciples said that. And so, and then, so Jesus talked about a story of this man that owed this king all this money. You guys remember this story? And he owed this king so much money and he begged for mercy because the king was going to throw him in jail and the king let him off the hook. He owed millions of dollars. And then, of course, what did he do when he was out there? He was off the hook. He didn't owe the king any money. He was on the street and this guy owed him some money, maybe $100. And he took the guy that owed him $100 and he was let off the hook. You guys know the story. Grabbed him by the throat and said, pay me back my $100. And the guy asked for mercy and he didn't give him any mercy. And he threw him in jail. And then the king heard about it, got him back and said, you, you we forgave you of all your debt. You didn't forgive this guy. You, you, you didn't give mercy when you received mercy. You're going to be tortured until you pay everything back. And Jesus said that will happen to a person that does not walk in forgiveness. And now, we, now let's talk about the heart of God. We need to walk in forgiveness. The heart of God is what I call the merciful heavenly father and, or the merciful father. And the merciful father is a story that Jesus talks about. You call it the product. It's also called the prodigal son. We know the prodigal son, uh, the father had two sons. The one son said, I want my inheritance. He went out, left. You guys know the story. And he spent it all. And then he ended up in famine, eating in a pigsty. He came to himself and said, if I go back to my father's house, I, I, I may get some mercy and I could just be a servant. So he, he makes up a speech. He goes towards his father's house. His father sees him from afar. Now, this is Father God. And the father runs to him, not just waits for him to come and to grovel at his feet. The father sees him coming and runs to him. That's where the Bible says, if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. And so he, he, this, this man knew he messed up. He said, I'm not even worthy to be called a son. I'll just be a servant. I'll just be a servant. And the father runs to him as he's trying to give his speech on how he's not worthy to be a son. The father puts a robe on him and gives him a royal robe and puts shoes on his feet and gives him a ring to do business. And, he's, and, and the father says, let's have a party. That's the heart of the father. When we take one step towards God, he takes two steps back towards us. Why? He wants a robe. He wants a robust in his and ro- our robes of righteousness. He wants to put peace on our feet. He wants to shod our feet with the preparations of peace. He wants to put a crown of victory on our heads. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? That's the heart of the Father. That's God. When you draw near to God, He will draw near to you. Glory to God. My final key scripture of this message today is in Proverbs 3, 3 and 4. It says here, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on a tablet of your heart and you'll find favor and high esteem in the sight of God 
and man. How many people want favor in God's sight and favor in people's sight? Do you want to walk in the favor of God? Then what we need to do is we need, a, uh, we need not, let not mercy and truth forsake us. We need to bind it around our necks. We need to write them on the tablet of our hearts and we will find that favor. We will have high esteem in the sight of God and man, you believe that today? Did you receive it this morning? Let's bow our heads. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and for your goodness and for your love. And I thank you, Father, that your love is in each one of us. And Father, I just thank you. Father, we have all messed up. We all deserve uh, punishment. We all deserve hell. But, we are, we, but we're getting heaven because of your mercy and your grace. And we can't earn our way to heaven. But we can receive the, the heavenly gift of life, eternal life. And if you're out here today, maybe you have messed up your life. Maybe you're not in the right place, but you want to be in the right place. Maybe you're watching online and you know you need to get right with God. Well, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that God's calling you back in to a relationship with him. And I want you, if you're ready to do that today, praise God. Is that anybody out here? Just raise your hand. I'll pray for you. Is that anybody just... Just raise your hand in boldness that you're ready to get your life 100% on track with God. Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. And those online, I'm sure there's out, those out there that's ready to do that. If you're ready to do that today, just say this after me. In your heart, say, Dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. I'm turning my back on sin, Satan, and the world. And I'm turning fully to you. And I thank you. And Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.